The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Join us around the pit as we talk all things barbecue. Now here is your host, Johnny Mags. <coughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. I'm Johnny Mags, and man, we have one hell of a show today. We are being joined by Pat Martin of Martin's Barbecue Joints out of Nashville, Tennessee. I think the original is. We'll get into that. But I think he has multiple locations in in other states down that area. And we're going to be talking about his new book, Life of Fire, which is if you're a barbecue guy and uh, cooking with wood, you need this. Yep. It the science and the stages he goes into, it'll it'll blow your mind. So we're gonna get into all of that. But before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Uncle Steve Shake. You ever wonder why people are lined up at your neighbor's yard when he's having a barbecue, but nobody is trying to get into your backyard, Chrissy? Because they're using Uncle Steve's shake. And not. you're not. Uncle Steve makes 12 amazing flavors, including the competition line, made from the freshest ingredients out there, handmade, winners all around. Um, Exceptional customer service. The customer service. He answers the phone. I know. So you're going to get the man himself, and he will answer all your shake needs. So give him a call or give them a shout at UncleSteveShake.com. Shake some on everything. Thank you, Chrissy. You're also brought to you by Two Guys Smoke Shop and TwoGuysCigars.com. Whether we're barbecuing or not, we always keep the smoke rolling. Thanks to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. Today we are smoking the limited edition Rocky Patel... World Championship. Thanks to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. We get to smoke some of the best cigars in the world, and so can you. Just visit TwoGuysCigars.com for your perfect barbecue companion. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. Also brought to you today by Backline Fabrication and Backline Smoke as Ryan Newland is building some of the wildest pits coming out of Austin, Texas, today. If you can think it, Ryan can build it. Hands down, he takes so much care from the bottom up to um, take into all your thoughts on it. And I'm pretty sure if you can't think it, he can still build it. Yeah, he'll he have it, and he'll think, take little things from your conversation, and he will incorporate it into your pit. So check them out at Backline Fab and Backline Smokers. Order you one today. Also brought to you by Magna Chef Gloves. Our brother Alan Fonte knows a little something about fire management. He's a Miami-Dade firefighter. Designed these from scratch. Made... 100% food-grade silicone, the patented 
magnetic clips for an easy on-off. You don't drop it. You won't lose it. Right back on. Heat rated up to 500 degrees. Web fit for firm grip. One size fits all. Dishwasher safe. But more importantly, made right here in the USA. Check them out at magnachef.com. That's chef with an E. And at checkout, use the code ROYAL21 for 15% off your order. That's ROYAL21 for 15% off. It's also Magna with an E. But that's okay. What did I say? You said chef with an E. Chef Close. Also, C-Mac. It's also got an E. C-Mac rated at 7,000 degrees. 7,000. C-Mac, you're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) Uh, But... Also brought to you by, and certainly not least, CustomCuttingBoardsRUs.com. Ian Hemming is building what I consider the Yeti of cutting boards. Mm -hmm. Coming out of Magnolia, Texas, these cutting boards take an absolute beating. I've had mine four years now. They're still pristine. Tons of use. They're beautiful. Uh, made of 100% dishwasher safe, high condensed UV protection, comfort sliding protection, the little plat- rubber nubs on the bottom. So even on a wet surface, your board will not slip. Multicolors available, deep lip reservoir to catch all the juices coming from whatever protein you are cooking. You have the dishwasher board, which is the standard countertop board, to the massive brisket board, 18 by 36 inches. It's huge. And the new-to-the-market pizza board for that perfect slice every time. Check them out at customcuttingboardsrus.com. That is the letter R, us.com. So, what's up, boys? C-Mac, Joe Forstier, what's up? KC, what's going on? Chris, Miss Jean, Junior, what's happening? Big Rome, Chapin, Dutch, Gray, Uncle Steve. There's Uncle Steve. Always there, always there. But let's get right down to it, like I said in the intro. We had been joined by Pat Martin from Martin's Barbecue Joints to talk everything barbecue, and, of course, his new book, L- Life of Fire. Yep. And it this is a barbecue geek's dream. Even the cover makes, I'm drooling. Like, look at oh, that come thing. on, look it's at that gorgeous. sandwich. Come on now. I know. So let's get right into him. Let's Bring him it. on, Chrissy. Here he is. What's happening, Pat? Hey, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you joining us. Man, yeah, l- let me tell you something. This book is out of this world. Thank you. How you have delved so deep into fire, the fire you're cooking on itself is, is incredible. But before we get into that, um, let's get, a little, get to know you a little bit because you got a little bit of a pretty interesting story on how you – got into barbecue. So who is Pat Martin and how did you get into your barbecue journey? I mean, you want the cliff notes version or do you want the got the movie version? How about we find a nice little in between? 
yeah. So I, um, uh, I, my family did not grow up cooking barbecue. Um, we are, I was born in Memphis and our, my mom and my dad are both sides of my family are from the same small town, about 65 miles, almost due east of Memphis, uh, with a little bit of a South heading and right in Northeast Mississippi, uh, a little town called Corinth. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we moved up North for a while when I was, uh, when I was young and we would come home in the summers in Mississippi and my granddad farmed. And every Saturday night it would be in the carport. It would be this, you know, the grill would be lit just like probably every other American red blooded American household, uh, on those Saturday nights. And I don't know, they did things the old way. We never had a gas grill. We had a, we had just a simple 22 inch Weber and, uh, it was steaks and burgers and, you know, some dried out chicken, the standard fare. (laughs) But we always used a charcoal chimney starter because allegedly the man who's got the patent on that is from Corinth. So everybody was uh, oh, interesting. We we always used uh, a charcoal chimney starter, and I just always was drawn. I had a lot of bigger than life men in my family, my uncles, my great uncles, uh, and um, they did everything kind of the hard way. You know, they changed their own oil. This is when quick lubes were coming out, and they still shine their shoes and. My mom's dad still shaved with a straight razor, just all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. And so, I guess, I guess that left an impression on me. And uh, you know, every young kid wants to be like their dad or the men in their family, young men. And so, um, I remember my dad first asked me to light the fire the first time I was twelve or thirteen years old, and it was a massive, big deal to me. Yeah. And um, as I, I got to junior or senior in high school, we moved back to Mississippi, uh, when I was in high school and I was getting close to graduating sometime in there, I bought two cookbooks. Um, first two cookbooks I ever bought. One was just a standard generic, you know, 1988 gourmet magazine looking (laughs) photos from this guy called grilling by Joe Famulero. My boxer ended up chewing most of it up. And then (laughs) The one that had a huge impact on me was Thrill of the Grill by Chris Schlesinger and Doc Willoughby. Mm-hmm. And it had an impact because it really brought me to cooking more than just burgers and steaks. And in that, but also in that was, uh, he talked about he and his dad cooking a whole hog once a year. And that was like, you know, I, mean, I was like, man, I got to learn how to do that one day. Well, unbeknownst to me, I graduated going up to this little college about 50 minutes north of us over in Tennessee. And it's, it was the Mecca kind of, of West Tennessee style whole hog barbecue, which does not get a lot of attention. Even today, most people just, when they think of whole hog barbecue, they think of the Carolinas. And, um, you know, it's about a, that region is about five or six counties. It's about a hundred miles East of Memphis. Uh, and there are two totally separate barbecue cultures you know, yeah. from each other being that close. So first day, first week of school, I went down and started eating. There were six joints in the town of about 4,000 people, all serving whole hog. Uh, By the way, none of those are around today. Uh, It's died off. But I befriended a man named Harold Thomas, who ended up being my mentor. And uh, he had Thomas and Webb Barbecue. And he uh, was a kind, gentle man. And he had uh, no secrets. And he taught me everything he knew. To jump ahead to my sophomore year, my dad had a fish fry every year down in 
on the farm and uh, with, for the community. And I asked him if I could cook some hogs and I did. And that was it. That's when I decided I wanted at some point do this for a living. Um, it did not work out the way I had it planned. You know, I was going to go trade bonds, make a bunch of money, retire when I was 50 and then open up a barbecue joint and, and it, you know, a divorce and a couple careers later. And, and here I am, it didn't work out to, and a remarriage and a, and a new family. Um, but yeah, man, I opened up, it'll be 16 years ago this October. I opened up a little place outside of Nashville, 12 tables, um, little thousand square foot building yeah. and, uh, put my house up and, uh, had not worked in the restaurant business. It's, it's one of the stupidest thing anybody can do. Um, God really blessed me. And somehow I just, I made it, you know, but definitely shouldn't have. Uh, Cause once you, you can sit there and cook the best stuff in the world, you know, on your back porch or in any competition. But once you get into a restaurant situation to say that it's a totally different conversation is such a huge understatement yeah. because you go from doing it as a passion and a hobby to is your life. And you got to figure out how to replicate what you do on that back porch several hundred times a day. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot of people can cook insanely great barbecue, but they're not wired for the restaurant business to do it. And um, unfortunately ends up robbing people. Their passion a lot of times burns them out. But anyway, I opened up and um, first place I couldn't cook. He wouldn't let me build a pit there. I couldn't cook whole hogs there. So I had a smoker and was doing butts and I, rented a smoker, a whole hog smoker from a friend of mine who was a welder on, we do whole hogs every now and again. But then I moved across the street. I was in 06. I moved across the street in 09 in a new building and put a hog pit right in the middle of the dining room. And oh, I wanted wow. everybody to see us bring that hog out. And now all my restaurants, for the most part, all have the pits right there in the dining room. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's uh, – I hope that was kind of an in-between of it. There's yeah. a lot more fun details, reckless details than that of <laughs> scattered along the way. But, uh, that gets you, that, I think that gets you where you want it. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We got a bunch of the boys. Uh, one in particular, Joe Forestia said he was actually down uh, a few weeks ago and uh, it was delicious and well worth the wait. Um, Martin's was awesome. Best I had, best he had in Nashville. Oh, so thanks. you know, that's then um, that's a that's a big compliment. Then when we originally, when just right when the book had come out, uh, I was on Facebook one night, and my friend was got tagged in a thing, so it showed up in my feed, and he was he was down in Nashville, and I'm like, oh, how's Nashville? He goes, how'd you know I was in Nashville? I go with Facebook, social media, you can't hide anywhere no more. I go, I know you're down there. Tell your brother-in-law I said hi because he's standing right next to you. <laughs> it just went from there. He goes, "All right, where am I eating?" I go, "Dude, you got to go. You got to go to Martin's." I go, "That's Thank the you. that's the spot." And then that was a Friday night. He was there on Saturday afternoon or late late sat late Saturday morning, just right around noontime. And he goes, "It was absolutely fantastic." Thank you. So, you know, so everybody I've talked to absolutely loved it. Um, one of our sponsors, Backline Fab Ryan Newland, he was there, loved it. And to the to the point of he has a friend there who always comes to one of the restaurants and just buys uh, bottles of the sauces, your know, sauces, and, and sends them out to Austin to him <laughs> on a regular basis. He absolutely loves it. So, you know, great story. 
especially with the with the whole hog, and like you were saying, a lot of the places have died out. That I don't know if it's real, a truly state true statement, but it's almost like that whole hog cooking. There's not a whole lot of yous out there anymore. It's all the you know quick and fast. Not none of barbecue is quick and fast, but you know it's all brisket, butts, ribs, chicken, sausage, turkey to an extent. But that whole hog cook is it's in, in in my opinion is the holy grail of barbecue cooking. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's um, if we're just talking about barbecue from an economic standpoint, it's the stupidest thing to cook because. Um, the yield on it, if I cook a shoulder, I've got about 53% yield on that, a whole 20-pound shoulder skin on. Um, if I cook a whole hog, it's about 33%. So I'm sitting there losing 67% of what I started with, and I've only got 33% left that I can sell, you know? So, yeah. But I, I, I do think that whole hog and – in general pit cook barbecue is um you know it's very it's not very but it is different than barbecue cooked in a smoker because the smoke on it is is very subtle um because you've burned all your wood down the coals um there's a especially in whole hog and our style in west tennessee there's a little bit of a confit going on with the belly because your hams are always dragging Mm -hmm. So your your you know your shoulder and your bellies get done, and you've got to get your hams done without drying yep. them out. Really, your shoulders. And so, um, my style they as opposed to the Carolinas in West Tennessee, we cook two hundred pound hogs at one hundred ninety to two hundred degrees. Um, we never get it hot enough to where we can use the skin and the meat like they do in the Carolinas, and I love that by the way. Um, because we need that skin to form a bowl, you know, all that rendered grease just sits, can't escape. Um, we pull, we don't chop like they do. And, uh, we do serve a vinegar based sauce, which I wholeheartedly believe that barbecue should have a acidic based sauce to offset the fat. Yeah. I am not a fan of the big, thick competition, sweet sauces that go with, uh, that's just a whole nother flavor profile that the judges look for. You want something that's going to balance out on your palate. So uh, we both use a vinegar-based sauce. Just ours is a sweeter vinegar-based sauce, not a a white vinegar like you'd find in uh, Eastern Carolina. But um, it's a very unique flavor profile as opposed opposed to coming out of a smoker. Yeah. And this book was all about pit barbecue only. There's no smokers in that book. There's no beef in that book, actually, because we traditionally never served beef up until the last 15 or so years as – barbecues cross all the borders you know uh so i wanted to stick to what i knew and what how i was raised so to speak in the barbecue world and uh, you know the backbone of the book is closed pit barbecue whole hog barbecue but got open pit barbecue in there you've got uh hog in the ground you've got whole animal spit barbecue in there and um you know that's really the basis of the whole thing you know yeah now now, what made you want to write this? They called me and asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about writing a book. And when they called me and asked me, I, it took me a couple of days to kind of, uh, you know, realistically, I was like, man, I don't, uh, 
I'm not worthy to, to do this. I don't know who's going to want to care about reading what I've got to say about barbecue. Um, I'm, I'm proud of my barbecue, but, but, you know, I mean, I, after I kind of got over that, I, we started with the conversation of what the book would be. And I volleyed back on telling them what I didn't want it to be. And that was the same old, you know, every late spring round father's day, early summer barbecue book with 150 recipes with, mango marinated foil back baby back ribs and this secret rub and this secret sauce and all that's bs to me um so i've painted the picture of what i didn't want it to be and i wanted to really get down uh and talk about old school southern pit barbecue and on top of that i i wanted it to not be a recipe book which it's not it's a procedure book yeah and so the whole hog chapter in there the whole hog recipe is 40 pages and that's because I wanted to try to mentor the reader knowing I'm not going to be there with them. Yeah. I tried to think of every little thing that might occur or throw a curveball at them through the course of a cook um, and address it. Whereas most barbecue books um, up until here recently with, you know, between myself, Rodney and Sam Jones, if they put whole hog in the barbecue book, it literally was on a page and be like, you know, source 150 pound pig, you know, get wood here, turn the page, you know, 225 for the sauce recipe cook for 12 hours, you know I mean? Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's going to be successful doing that. There's just, it's like me telling you like, here's how to ski. I can write it on one page, form a pizza wedge, go up to the green slopes and head down the mountain <laughs> and lean into your turn and you'll be fine. That, we all know that's not how it yeah. goes. So uh, I really wanted to like pick up as many stones as possible and actually in a weird way, still feel like I left some on the table. Oh yeah. You know, like uh, you said, you've, you've lit like, like this is the actually chapter two, which is the youth chapter, but you know, you got a diagram right here of the, of what you, what you cook the hogs on. And then that's, that's the open pit diagram right there. The open pit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, then there's a list of tools, you know, chimney starter, flathead shovel, wire gr- grill brush, sturdy tongs, uh, cast iron skillet, you know, uh, a lot of head, headlamp. You see in most books, but it's uh, the pit shovel's not. We use a longer handle pit shovel. Um, I did go into wood a little bit on there, but um, basically that's the tools you are going to need for the things in that book. Yeah. You know? And... Um, the book really should have been called Life of Coals, but Clarkson Potter, obviously Life of Fire is a probably easier for their sales team to sell. But it's really not about Life of Fire. It's about the life of stages of coals. Of the coals. And, and you've got coals that have just turned gray and they may still be popping a little bit. Those coals are still too young and immature to cook on. And if you are going to cook on them, they need to be something quick and fast. It's, it's basically grilling. Mm-hmm. So uh, we used a lot of vegetable in there and um, using that part of the life of coals until it matured enough to get to the point we could actually start. I could actually start telling you where to cook barbecue. So it kind of follows an arc. Yeah. So, to speak. so it's, the, it's broken down into seven chapters and each chapter is a stage of life. So chapter one is birth, building a fire. Chapter two is youth the hot temperamental fire chapter three, middle age, open pit and spit barbecue chapter four, the golden years pit barbecue for whole hog and other meats 
Chapter 5, Old Age, Cooking in Ashes and Embers. Chapter 6, Cold Smoke in the Winter Fire. Chapter 7, After the Fire, and that's the like the dessert that's, section. That's basically my mom's book within the book. When I got to desserts, I was like, I'm, this is out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> I was like, Mom. So I exit stage left, yep. and she comes in, and, and she crushes it. Rolls but, um, it, yeah. Yeah, we even get into the smokehouse because our – our country hams are on par with any any ham in Italy or Spain in this in the American South, and that's that's now starting over the past two decades starting to be realized. And we all not still we all today, but curing hams and whole sides of, of bellies, bacon, sock sausage is still a thing in our lives here. You know. Oh, for sure. Now, in in each chapter. You know, like you said, it, it was the the life of the fire, or life, really life of the coals. But there are different recipes in, or it, suggestions or ideas of a recipe um, for for each stage of the coals or each stage of the fire, which was very interesting. You know, because like we were just, I'm just happened to be in the middle age, and it's you know whole chicken with Alabama white sauce. And you go into, you know, spatchcocking the chicken and the diagram and then the white sauce. Um, you know, I'll say in that chapter that is I, I'm kind of an old man in the barbecue world now. And um, pit cooked, open pit barbecue is the oldest form of barbecue we have on the planet. And... Um, you know, we didn't invent it as Americans, but we are the ones who put the flag in the ground and said, we're going we're gonna to own it and identify as yeah. ours, okay? And like France has its cheese, you drive 50 miles, it changes. That's the same thing in, in, in the United States, especially in the South. Um, but open pit barbecue is kind of something you don't ever hear anybody do anymore. It's actually, too, the trickiest, um, arguably maybe the trickiest and the, the hardest to do you've because you're just completely exposed to even a five mile an hour breeze. You know, it's hard to read your coals because you're not in a dark environment where you can kind of eyeball and see yeah. if they're breathing well or not. Um, but it's actually, to me, it's, um, it's, it may be the most fun style of barbecue to, to cook. Um, it's, it's a real challenge and I really love it. And I think that folks, if they really out of that book, yes, I really want everybody reads that book to go, Source 185-pound hog, not 125 or 150-pound hog. Buy Sam Jones's book for the hat. But buy 185, 200-pound hog and cook a whole hog in the style of West Tennessee. Yes, I want that to happen. But the realistic point is most people aren't probably going to do that, right? But open pit barbecue, they do because they, they can do that. That's an afternoon. That's, uh, you know, if we're cooking ribs. If you're going to cook ribs on your green egg or whatever you have at home on Saturdays, man, scratch that thing one Saturday and put a grate out there on some cinder blocks and cook it open pit. It's such a reward, you know, to just yeah. watch. You can literally watch the process of barbecue happening before your eyes. Yeah. It'll be in a closed environment, you know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the like you, you had mentioned earlier of, you know, your belly's done and, the hams are trying to catch up. You got with the whole. You have all all the proteins there, 
and they're all done at a different temperature. <laughs> or, way, or at least where you prefer it done, whether you like it to, have to be able to slice or pull. Um, you know, how long did it take you to to master that, like moving the coals around? And Man, I don't know. Um, I've been doing – I've been cooking now since uh, I, that first picture in there my mom found a month before we were supposed to turn the book in, and it's me when I was 19. Yeah, uh, right at the beginning of the book. So I've been I've been cooking now for 31 years. And I never kept up with how long it took me to learn how to cook any of that. It just uh I've just been doing it, you know, and I know it's been second nature for me for probably at least 20, maybe 25. Um, you know, and um yeah, I really I really don't know how to put my finger on that answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a that's the picture right there. Yeah, just right by the open pit. That's you know. Yeah, that's that just little skinny a, boy now is fat and bald. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's kind of a lot of us. It is, man. <laughs> you know. Oh man, but yeah, like I said, th- th- this book is absolutely incredible, and you know, everybody we, we always talk about you know fire management and running your coals and. And this book just completely dives into every aspect of it. And, you know. You know if, if you can cook pit barbecue like like that, cooking on smokers and stuff is, is a breeze. It, it really takes you to another level on how you, uh, how you approach a cook because it is the old way. And even in there, you'll see, like, there's no temperature gauges I'm telling you to use. I want you to learn to cook by feel. Yeah. You know? um, I do tell you on your first cook to cook, test your hand, test first, then look at a gauge so you can get an idea of, if I got to hold my hand there for four Mississippis, it's going to be 230 degrees, you know, or whatever. But after that, I don't want you to use temperature gauges. I want you to use your hand. And I want you to look at your coals. And I want you to see how well it's breathing, you know, um, it's, um, I really wanted to go the old way on it. Yeah. The, the, the true history and heritage of it all. And, you know, I just happened to open up to this one and you got, you got a section here of, you know, cooking in the ground, cooking hogs in the ground, which, you know, throughout the barbecue shows, you know, and like, like you had said that we didn't invent it, but you know, we planted the flag and made it our own. But you saw in different shows and things of that was the earliest um, records would show that cooking in the ground, which, you know, I don't know if they, if you consider it barbecue, but, you know, a lot, a lot of the Hawaiian traditions, uh, everything's in the ground, wrapped in the banana leaves and, you know, the coals laid on top until it's done. But, you know, that's... That, I do consider that barbecue. I, I'm not a I'm not a judge of what is or what's yeah. not nowadays at 50. Uh, but they use steam more for that, whereas okay. what we're doing it is you know because they really are closing it off and just letting it get really hot and just slowly fall down and using the moisture inside of that suckling pig to steam itself. And in the South and cooking a whole hog in the ground is you still have got to have some air breathing in it, you know, and it's a it's still a dry cook. Yeah. You know, it's also the most volatile 
cook you can do. Because um, once you get your temp right, that the earth is so, um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, efficient. That, man, once that fat starts to render, if you're not careful going in, and I talk about it in there, you're going to check your hog. You got to open that lid up easy. As you open up too much and you vacuum in, that heat pulls that yep. air in. Boom. It's gone. You might as well just walk away and sit back and open a beer and watch it burn up. Burn, and yeah. Laugh at it. So um, it's the funnest and most romantic way to cook whole hog barbecue, but it's also the most dangerous way to cook. Oh, yeah. You know, even in the picture, the picture is incredible. You, you know, you can, you can see where the, the hole's dug in the ground, and then it's, it's just covered with the, with the tin roof. That's 10 off our barn. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a tornado come through and knock it down to strong. Straight line winds, and so that yeah, oh, was wow. the tin off uh, off our barn. Yeah, just just the tins over the thing with 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 literal uh, logs and branch large branches, keeping everything from you know if the wind picks up, it, keeping everything flush. You know, it, it's just it, it's awesome. I, and the, the the problem is this: so you have covered so much in this, it is so difficult to just pick. You know, one part to, you know, you go into to pit construction. So, you, you know, guys, you want to build the, uh, the coal barrel, burn barrel, it's right there. Build the open pit, it's right there. It's. I'll speak, too, to uh, the pit. You know, um, I, I, my preference is I think a dry stacked center block pit is the it, it's my preference to cook on, and here's why. And I say, and this is a mortarless pit, okay? We're going to just stack these just like you're just stacking them like Legos, okay? The reason being is because even though we're going to stack those cinder blocks or CMUs, as all the construction guys call them now, we're going to stack those as tight as we can and as perfect as we can, that pit breathes on all sides. I mean, like a freaking salamander. You know, like its lungs are on the outside. Instead of there being one central spot, like on a Texas offset that brings in, um, or any like a JNR smoker where the, you know, you got a 50 to 60 degree heat variance between when the, when it comes on the top of the rotisserie mm-hmm. coming down or different kinds of smokers or even a block pit with that has been stacked with mortar. Um, it breathes all the way around. So you really eliminate pretty much all of the hot spots that would be in a pit. Okay. Um, you still have a little bit, you still have some variances here and there. The side that faces the the west where the wind comes from will always burn a little hotter and coals go burn out a little quicker, this, that, and the other. But I really stress in there that everybody, when they, if they do do this and they build a block pit that they don't, they fight the urge to get quick creed and make sure it's strong enough. That bastard's strong enough, trust me. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, you're not going to knock it over. Um, you know, and I, I can't recommend enough that people cook on a mortarless block pit that's stacked together. They'll see a real, the, the barbecue nerds out there, they'll be like, Oh man, this is so cool. Yeah. Like this, once that baby gets going, man, it, it, you just got to just sit there and help it along. That's all you got to do. Awesome. Yeah, it's this is this is one of the, the the greatest greatest books I've ever 
have seen just because of how deep you go in everything and explained it um, extremely well. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't mince words. It's it's right straight to the point. You know, you know, it's calling a shovel a shovel. That type of that type of thing. There's there's no fancy word or the gadget word. You know, but how has the book um, been? Um, Received so far because it came out. I, I can't. I can't even remember. A little, when we, a little over, right at about two months ago. About two months, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we. It's. Uh, I know it's doing very well. Um, we're we're selling a lot, a lot more than we anticipated in my restaurants. Uh, the online sales, the publisher doesn't give you that for the first um, ninety days. Um. But I can tell just kind of in the rankings that it's uh, it's 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 doing well, you know. Um, I'm I am very proud of it. I'm I, I swore I would never do another book again. This thing sucked. They absolute banned it. It's almost <laughs> the point I couldn't run my restaurants. You know, I got yeah. nine nine places, and it, this thing like literally sucked all the bandwidth out of me. And I had a ghostwriter, which I had a ghostwriter because I didn't want it to suck the bandwidth out of me, and it did anyway because. Everything in there is so instinctual that Nick, my writer, gosh, he was he was amazing. It was just like, uh, yeah, Pat, but you got to say it in a way that somebody who's never done this before is going to understand it. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't know what else to tell you, but hold your hand about four inches over it and count, you know. And it was all that, so it just was was hard, but it's been received very well, you know, and. Um, I don't know if I'll make any money on it or not, but I do. I'm just proud that I was able to pass this along. I really wanted to find a hole on going deep down the rabbit hole on it, you know? Awesome. Awesome. Um, like I said, did so much to get into. And obviously we have so little time because we're already up against, it's already, you know, quarter of, but uh, we, we um, obviously the book's out, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Walmart, Target, Walmart, all local bookstores. So, guys, I'm serious. This is a must-have. You know, if you open fire or cook with wood in general, this is a must to have in your collection, arsenal, weapon, whatever you want to call it. It's all in there. It is described brilliantly, and uh, it, it's a must-have. So, Pat, you know, man, thank you so much again for taking time to join this little Yankee <laughs> up here to talk some whole hog cooking and open pit barbecue. Um, I really appreciate okay. it. Um, how can everybody find you on, uh, on social media? Uh, Pitmaster Pat is my personal uh, on Instagram. Uh, Martin's BBQ is my, is my restaurant. Um, I got off Twitter and Facebook probably four or five years ago. Just, it seemed like there's about 10% of the people doing 90% of the posting. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm too old for this BS. So, I got <laughs> off that. so uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm only on Instagram right now. All right. All right. So guys check him out. Pitmaster Pat on Instagram, and uh, and yeah, if you're ever in the Nashville area, definitely stop by. Actually, um, there was a couple different states now too. Also, I don't want to miss those. 
No, I've got one and um, I don't franchise. I don't think you can franchise barbecue and be proud of it. So I've, I kind of come up through the ranks folks that have worked for me for a long time. And when they want to go move somewhere, I open up a joint with them. So um, got one in Birmingham. I've got six in Nashville, about to be seven uh, late this year. And I've got one in Birmingham, one in Charleston and one in Louisville. Awesome. Awesome, Pat. Like I said, man, you, this is an absolute gem masterpiece. And this is definitely something to be proud of, sir. And I Thank appreciate you, you taking some time to come and join me. Uh, yeah. If you want to hang on one second, I'm going to close this out. And I'll jump right back with you. But uh, awesome. Chrissy, it's wild. Wow. It's wild. Even, even Greg was saying, yeah. he, he was sitting there one morning and he called me. He goes, I, he goes what do you want? I go, dude, what's up? He goes, I'm busy. I'm reading. I'm on chapter three. Oh, he wow. goes, this is, this, this is insane. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know how Greg has been over the years with, with fire management, especially, yeah. you know, a little passionate. you know, so, you know, he dove both feet in this, uh-huh. but awesome. Like I said, guys, get this, the life of fire by Pat Martin. Um, you won't be disappointed. There is so much information in this book that, you know, it blew my mind. Yeah. But, uh. That's it. Another yeah. one. Another one in the books. Yeah. Next week, we're going to have some f- more fun. I was going to say, we have fun every week, but we're going to have more. We're being joined again by our good friend, Mark Williams from oh, Swine Life oh, Barbecue. Swine Life. Talked to him the other day. He's like, yeah, man, it's been too long. It's almost, I don't know if it's quite a year, but it's, it, was, it was close. Close, yeah. So, yeah, Mark's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about he's gotten himself into the podcast game. Oh. Sort of. Sort of different. Not barbecue related, but they still wind up talking barbecue at the end. Let's just say there's a hunting camp involved. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We'd like to thank you for joining us. Catch the audio wherever podcasts are found. Catch the video on Facebook and YouTube. On YouTube, hit that subscribe button and notification bell. You'll have all our episodes right there at your fingertips. On social media, find everything down in the links down below. Uh, questions and comments, please send them to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com. And like always, subscribe, like, rate, and review. Hit that share button. Um, and until next week, keep the smoke rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.